the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I want to continue the message I started last week on the ministry of angels. And someone might think, why do you want to talk about that? I have Jesus, and I have the Holy Spirit, and God's with me, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do we have to talk about, about angels? And my question is, why do you have to talk about demons as well? Why do you have to talk about Satan? Let's just stay with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. The thing is, if he's in the book, you've got to study it. There is a reason why he's there. You can't ignore it. If it's in the book, you have to look at it. There is a reason why God talks about it. And you can go from, all, from, the, uh, from Genesis all the way to Revelation and you see them present. You've got to study them. They're not just there for you to say, how nice. There's, they're there for a reason. And God speaks about them for you to know, otherwise it wouldn't be there. Is there for a reason, for you to know. And the reason is for you to have faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Until you hear about this, you don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, it won't work for you. It just be there. So the Word is given to us for faith. So angels are present. And, and notice, angels usually show up, and they become visible... When something is happening that could transform the lives of the people of God, angels show up. When, things, when there's something that is go, that's about to happen that is truly significant and would change a lot of things, angels seem to show up. They show up when things are about to change and they bring a message. You can see the, the, them showing up all the way in the Old Testament. When God's about to do something new, something different, deliverance or whatever, they show up. They show up. And you can go to Genesis chapter 18, right before Isaac was born, and God was going to bring about the birth of Isaac and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Three men appeared, right? It was God. Why did he have to come down? He came down, but God didn't come down alone. He came down, and there were two angels with him. And guess what? The angels ate. And the Bible tells us that. Abraham prepared food for them. They ate, and Abraham was talking to the Lord. He knew, he recognized who the Lord was. And the others are angels. Abraham knew. How? We don't know. But he knew. Would you know? You're born again. Would you know? If an angel suddenly showed up in your presence in the form of a man. What if you never expect angels to show up? But Abraham knew. And Abraham knew the difference. He talked to the Lord. God talked to him about destroying Sodom. And, and the angels left. And as soon as Lot saw the angels, he also recognized. That's Lot. That's Old Testament. What about us today? We don't even talk about this. Before Samson was born, an angel showed up to the mom and dad, right? And gave a word. Gideon. All of this in the Old Testament. Angels show up when there's something that's, that's about to take place that's significant. Even with Moses. Angels show up. As they crossed the Red Sea, the angel of the Lord, God said, I'm going to send the angel. He's going to be in front of you and he's going to lead. God works with angels. God has nothing that he's created that's wasted. Everything is working for him. And the angels were created and they are working for him. And he's told us about them and we should recognize that they are there for us and they're working. They show up. And you can see that in the beginning, in the, before Jesus was born. Something significant was going to happen. The world was going to be transformed. Men will now have God living in them. And, and you can see the activities of angels. 
We'll not talk more, we'll talk later about Daniel, how important that is. And, 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 and what we can do uh, to really create this activity. Notice, whenever we pray and we are fasting, <laughs> and that's happened with Daniel, God opens the curtain so we can see what's going on. Whenever, Dan, whenever Daniel decided in his mind he was going to fast and pray, activities go on in the unseen world that you wouldn't believe. Not just for Daniel. And Daniel, according to what the scripture tells us, Daniel is, is not even as great as John the Baptist. Remember that? The least in the kingdom. John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets, right? And Daniel, Abraham, you can't compare them. And yet, these individuals, like Daniel, when he says his heart to fast and to pray, great activities happen in the heavenlies. And Daniel is totally unaware of them. Jacob, we talked about Jacob last week. When his father sent him out, he had a dream. You remember? The ladder reaching up. Angels are always there with us. They recognize that. And we need to recognize that, that the angels are working with us. When Jesus was born, first an angel appeared to Zachariah, remember in the temple, and spoke to him. You can read that in, in Luke chapter 1, beginning from verse 11. Uh, the angel spoke to him. And then right after, that, right after that, six months later, the same angel was speaking to Mary, Gabriel. And Gabriel was the angel that was speaking to Daniel hundreds of years back. The same person. The same angel. And God saying, giving us the same name to let us know these are beings that exist and they work for us according to the scriptures. They are there to work for us. They work for us. They're there. They appeared uh, to Mary and remember to Joseph also. In his dream. Giving directions. Telling him, go ahead. Marry your wife. Marry. Don't be doubtful. This is God. And the guy knew. He, he understood. And he accepted what was told him. Took his wife in. Knew that was the son of God in a building. And she knew, he knew that. And then after, before the, the uh, Herod was to destroy the child... He, the angel appeared, take the child, go into Egypt. And when Herod died, the same angel appeared in his dream. Take the child, now go back. They were always there for something significant. They've not disappeared. They're still with us. They're still working with us. They're there in our lives. Beloved of God. When they spoke to Daniel, and you can read that in Daniel chapter, which chapter is this? Chapter 10, about verse 11. You can read that there. And he says, Daniel, beloved of God. And I'll tell you why. Later. Okay. <laughs> beloved of God. But they're always there. They minister. I notice when God will speak to the wise men. It's just God spoke to them. No angel. You know the difference? They were not of the tribes. They were not family of the people of Israel. Can you get it? Read it. You can find that in the scriptures. When God spoke to them, God just told them. But it wasn't a dream. It wasn't an angel. God just let them know. But when you belong to God's family, you can have angels. They minister. Especially when something serious is going on. When you're tired and you're feeling really bad and you're crying out to God, your guardian angel is not very far. So close. He's watching, taking notes. There's a song that used to say, the angels are writing all the time. They're there, watching exactly what's going on. They're there to minister to us. If you think that's Old Testament, the angels are so interested in things of salvation, especially things of salvation. That's what Jesus tell, tells us. That for when, when one sinner repents, there is joy among the multitudes of angels in heaven. They rejoice over. When you were saved, your guardian angel was so excited, I can tell. And you know, when Jesus was born, just for our salvation, how the angels came, not just one angel, one angel spoke, and then multitudes of angels came, and they cried out to God, glory to God in the highest, 
peace on earth, good will towards men. Why? They were praising God because of the potential for our salvation. Multitudes of angels. They left heaven because the king was on the earth. Amen? And they were worshipping God in the fields. For us. Because of the king. We are dearly loved by the father. And they are always there. Things that concern the gospel. And we are coming back to that later. About your assignment. And how God works with your assignment. And how angels are assigned. Whenever you are given an assignment. There are angels that are assigned with you. And they are always there. They stay with you. You may have a guardian angel, but when God has given you an assignment, and it's important, the angels are there with you with the assignment, and they carry words. Up and back down. Up and back down. As long as you stay faithful to your assignment. Amen? As long as you stay faithful to your assignment. In deep times of distress, in that assignment, whatever that assignment is, and I know what you're thinking, uh, God didn't call me to be a preacher. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Everybody's assignment is different. Amen? Everybody's assignment. But you know, this is what God made me for. And if you dedicate yourself to God's assignment for your life, there are angels that are going to be assigned with you to be with you in that assignment. And they're always there. Always there. Especially when there are, there are times of distress. Painful times. Times of disappointment. Times where you don't feel like, you feel like, where is God? They're so close. They're so close at that time. Those times. They're there. Now, listen to this. Acts chapter 5, verse 18. Uh, beginning from verse 18. The, the, the uh, apostles were preaching the gospel and, and they, were, they were doing so well and the leaders were jealous and they decided they were going to put them in prison. He says in verse 18, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. He just put them in common prison with everybody else. That was a mistake. But at night, guess what? An angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. Why did God not do it himself? Hello? God could have opened this prison by himself. You don't tell God how he does his things. He is God. He could have done that. He could have appeared in the prisons, right? But he doesn't do that. He sends his angel to do it. Because they are here to minister to us. Heirs of salvation. The angels knew what was going on. They were just waiting for word from the master. Amen. The angels appeared. He says they laid hands on the apostles. And that's a mistake. Because they were fulfilling their assignment. Amen. They were fulfilling their assignment. And the angels were around. I'm sure they laid hands on them. And the angel went. Hey, they got them. And back. We got to release them. It says, but at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, look at what the angel said. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. All the words of this life. When you are out speaking the words of this life, just like I said on Sunday, to souls, you got angels that are always with you. No matter what's going on, they're there with you. And when things are really tough, maybe you've been put in prison, whatever that prison may be, think about it. Trouble in the home and Satan is attacking you. Maybe your kids, family to distract you. The angel goes for a report because he's always looking at the face of your heavenly father. Can I hear an amen? I'm excited about this. You may not be, but this is exciting for me. We got to understand this. Because what it does, it, it builds up our faith in our God. It's a question of faith. It's not a question of just angels. It's a question of faith that I am protected, I'm cared for. My Father in heaven cares for me. And I got nothing to worry about. Because the angels are always there ministering to us. And they send them out. 
go. The point for bringing that is, that's New Testament, not Old Testament, but New Testament. So the angels are still present here with us today, ministering to us, because that's what the Bible tells us, that they are here to minister to us. And we read this last week in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13. It says, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. That's what he said to Jesus. I did not all of them, all of the angels, are ministering spirits. In other words, they are serving spirits. They want to meet our needs. They are, when somebody ministers to you, they are meeting your needs. They have an assignment. God has given them an assignment concerning us. And they want to be faithful to their master. It's not about you. Hello? They have no emotional ties to you. They just want to please their master. Through serving you, they please their master. Boy, they do a good job. They do a good job. Notice, they are angels, powerful beings. You know, years ago I read a story about a missionary back, you know, when they, they sent them to Africa, no light, and the people worshipped idols and everything. And uh, the, the, people, the missionaries came, they were different. And, and, and the people didn't like them and wanted to kill them. And they made a plan, uh, tonight we'll go at night and we're going to kill them. We're going to kill them. And they got there, uh, and uh, they ran back. We'll come back to that part of the story. But they didn't go. They didn't fulfill that assignment. And, and now, the next day, uh, they came when it was daylight. And, and they came in and said, uh, uh, a missionary, we really like you now. We like you now. Uh, but after they made some uh, uh, talk with them and made peace, they were looking around to see if they could find those two huge giants that they saw the night before. And they couldn't see them anywhere. They said, uh, uh, um, uh, where did you keep your giants? The missionary man said, what giants? We don't have any. It's just me and my wife. Said, what? We saw two men. That's how he got to know about it. They were giants all ready for a fight. And they saw those and said, we can take this one home. And they left. The angels were standing. Do you know why? They were fulfilling their assignment. They were fulfilling their assignment. And that's current, this is in our time. Angels are still there. Angels are still there. You know, I, sometimes I think about 9-11. I wonder how busy the angels were on that day. Mm. Distracting children of God. You don't want to go to that building today. You know how they did with Balaam? Standing in the way. And you're saying, why, why, is the, why is the taxi driver taking me somewhere else? We need to go this way. And God working. But that's what God does. The angels have been sent to minister to us. And we need to believe it. Because only through faith. Only through faith. These things will work for us by faith. All things are possible through faith. And faith comes by hearing. Until you hear the word, you won't believe. And if you don't believe, there's no action. Faith is, if you're going to do business with some businessman, <laughs> the business is going to involve money, right? If you're going to do business with God, the currency is faith. That's the only way. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You got to hear this word, so you have faith, and then you believe, as you believe, you expect, and as you expect, God watches over his word to perform it. The angels are not, again, emotionally attached to you. They are pleasing their master. They are after his word. And we'll come into that. They are after his word. And that's the blessing about it. So we need to recognize the fact that angels are here with us. And you're never alone. Even though the Father is with us, we must recognize that we are not alone. There's so many angels, especially for this church. So many. Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 22, excuse me. 
it says, but you have come to Mount Zion. This is New Testament. So we're not talking about Mount Zion in Jerusalem, right? Mount Zion, that's the church. Any theologian will let you know. Mount Zion, that's the church. Zion, that's the church. It says, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of what? Angels. So you come and you can't count the number of angels. And guess what the scripture says? All of these angels, all of them, have been sent to minister to us. All of them. They have been sent to minister to us. If you, you need to understand, this is so powerful. Now, in, in Matthew chapter 26, probably believe, begin, beginning from verse 51, they came to get Jesus, you know, after the betrayal. They came to get Jesus, and I guess it was Peter. He got mad, got his sword, and, and cut off the guy's ear. From, from verse 51, I believe, going down, 53, 54. And, and, and Jesus said to him, no, those who live by the sword will what? Die by the sword. He said, don't you think I can speak to my father right now? And he will give me 12 legions of angels. Is that not what he said? 12 legions of angels. Why didn't God just kill them? Didn't, does God not have the power? No. Jesus won't fight with them. The devil is too small for God to tangle with him fight. The angels do the fighting. And Jesus won't fight with anybody. He said, I could come talk to my father right now and he'll deliver to me 12 legions, 12 companies of angels to defend me. But if I do that, how would the scripture be fulfilled? I still have to die. Read the scripture. Kathy, can you give that to me? It's, it's Matthew 26, verse 51 through 54. It says, and suddenly, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus took care of that problem. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in his place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father? And he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels. Jesus is not doing the fighting himself. The father is not doing the fighting. Guess who is doing the fighting? Angels. He will call his father. And guess how his father will respond in defending him? Send those angels. And we have his likeness and his image. When we cry out, guess what God does? The angels have been sent already to minister to us, those who are heirs of salvation. That's what God does for us. You see, the angels, when they come and you have your assignment, they encamp around you. Everywhere you go, they have been sent. They encamp around you. You can't see them, but they're there. They're always there. That's what Psalm 34 verse 7 tells us. The angel of the Lord encamps around. In other words, they make their dwelling around you wherever you go. I feel good about that. Amen. They encamp around you. Those who fear Him. And guess what? They deliver them from anything that's coming against them. They're right there. And the Bible is clear. God has sent them to minister to us. Those of us who are heirs of salvation. When he uses the word encamp around us, I think about Elijah. I mean, sorry, Elisha. 
Remember the story about Elisha? Elisha and the Syrian army? They, 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 they came and just surrounded the city. And uh, Gehazi went out and so he said, we're finished. Let's go back to that scripture, Second Kings chapter 6, verse 15 through 17. It says, and when the servant of the man of God, the background in this is the king of Syria was doing, making war with the uh, king of Israel. And he said, well, we'll go over to this area and then we'll, that's our strategy and we'll get them. And Elisha will go to the king and say, uh, listen, they are over there this time. This is what you must do and this is what you must do to avoid. And that happened a few times. And the king of Syria was so frustrated. He says, we got a spy among us. And one of them said, no, we don't have a spy. There is this guy, it's Elisha, he's the prophet. He even hears what you are saying in your bedroom. And he tells the king. And so the king said, we got to eliminate this guy so we can defeat them, with, uh, defeat Israel. And so they, 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 he took his whole army to fight with one guy. Yes. That's interesting. The whole army surrounded the place just to get one guy. Because it was a real problem for him. And he says, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I said last week, the guy is going like, huh? One, two. That's all I see. What are you talking about? Those that are with us are more than the chariots and all of that. He, this time, he thought uh, the prophet has lost his mind. How many times did he say, you lost your mind? Are you trusting in God? The doctors already said this to you. And you're talking about going to church to pray. You got stage four cancer. Church is going to help you. I'm going to go to church this morning, take all this stuff off. I'm going to church so they can pray for me. And everybody thinks you lost your mind. But that's faith. That's faith in God. No matter what you are confronted by, you know God is with you. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. Now, when did the horses and chariots of fire when did they get there? When God opened his eyes, they were already there. They, had, and they were there already and camped around the man of God. We want to believe that Elisha knew they were there. And every time Elisha comes out, he sees all of that. I don't believe that. He knew based on his assignment, they're there. Hello? He knew based on his assignment, he was the prophet of God. Nobody can just do that to him. They're there. When you are a child of God, you know, you can go back to Samson. Samson, it was a very powerful man. And the Philistines feared him. And they surrounded the, the children of Israel because they were like servants to, to the Philistines at this point. And they said, we want something. And they were going to kill everybody. And the people went to something. And said to something, what are you doing? You're making trouble with you. Don't you realize they are our master? They'll kill us. And Samson said, you please don't kill me. This is Samson talking to his people. Don't kill me. But give me to them. Alright? He knew. The enemy cannot take him, but inside he could be killed. That's still what's happening in the church today. We destroy our own. We get mad. And we speak things. And we want to see them fail. 
We open the door for them to fail. The enemy can't do anything. But inside, we can cause a lot of trouble. When you don't have that thing, we're coming back to that. For them to succeed. You're hurting the body. The enemy couldn't kill Samson. They couldn't. Samson knew it. Give me to the enemies. Because I'm surrounded. Amen. I got God with me. But inside, I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. So, I don't believe that Elisha saw them. He just knew, based on his assignment, they're there. He didn't have to see them. He didn't have to see them. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. We just need to believe they're there. And they're there. But this unbelieving believer, the servant, he needed to see. He says, when I see, I'll believe. But you need to believe before you see. That's the way it works. You have to believe to see. And so God, the prophet prayed, God opened his eyes. And then he saw. And after that, he, he was not frantic anymore. <laughs> he was okay. He could eat. He can still turn around and see the uh, the Syrian army, but he, he had no worry because these angels have encamped around him. And that's what Psalm 34 verse 7 tells us. The angels of the Lord, they encamp around us, children of God, everywhere you go. Do you have to be good or bad? It has nothing to do with that. They are fulfilling their assignment. That's your, what's happening between you and the Heavenly Father. They are around there. You hinder them when you are not fulfilling your assignment. You hinder them will come into that. So that's the issue here. The angels are always there for us, ministering to us, walking with us. Question is, how do we get these angels to work for us? How? There's a scripture that tells us, Psalm 91, um, verse 11. First of all, just to let us know that God has already assigned angels to you. Look at what it says. For he shall give his angels, what? Charge over you to keep you in how many of your ways? That means everywhere you go, they're there. They have been given charge over you. They have been sent to minister to your needs. And to keep you not in just your financial ways, not in your spiritual life, any other way, your family life. No, in all your ways. They have been given charge to be with you, to encamp around you, to take care of you, to minister to you. God gave them charge over you. To keep you in all of your ways. And they'll keep that charge. Amen? They'll keep that charge. He says in their hands, they will bear you up. In other words, when things are rough, they carry you. I mean, this is old. They're still doing that today. And God's word cannot return to him void. The angels won't let it. They, they do his word. That's what the scripture tells us. He has given them charge over you. In their hands, that's... That tells you angels have hands. Can I hear an amen? In their hands, they'll carry you. And they are so powerful, so awesome. So you don't dash your foot against a stone. They'll bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. And like that Psalm 91, if you read that psalm, it's a beautiful psalm. And you can see the power behind. God's doing the work there. He says... In the last verse there, he says, With long life, I will satisfy you. With long life, 
I will satisfy you. I like to read Psalm 103. How many of you remember Psalm 103? The beginning of Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. How come you forget the benefits of angels bearing you in their hands? You see, the the devil knew Jesus, knew that scripture, right? So he, he, he was trying to con Jesus to do something contrary to God's will for his life by using that scripture I just read. And Jesus said, no, you don't tempt God. When it's necessary, the angels just do their assignments. I don't have to jump to prove anything. The angels will carry me if there's a mistake, something happened. They'll carry me. I mean, God's word worked. The word works. I don't have to go out and take serpents. But remember Paul, this venomous beast stuck on his hand. He just shook that stuff. No fear. No fear. The people were thinking he's going to swell up and die. And Paul, no big deal. He's, you know, the scripture. No serpent, right? He just shook this stuff off and felt no harm. Most of us will be fronting and oh, what is what's that? He's, he's going to die. And, and they, they're talking about praying, but their prayer is all filled with fear, right? Desperation. Guess what? He didn't even pray. Hello? He knew the word. He knew the word. He just shook that stuff up and felt no hand. And the people were watch, watching for a while. Wow. He's not swelling. I mean, they were familiar with that serpent, right? They knew what the serpent, that particular serpent could do. They said, this man must have been an evil person. And they waited for a while, and he wasn't swelling up, and he wasn't dying, and they changed the mind. He's got to be a god. <laughs> He's a god. Guess what? They were right. Because Jesus said, he calls them God. Right? Remember? Unto whom the word has come. That means we are not ordinary. Amen. We are not ordinary. And like Paul would say, we are not mere men. And you say, listen, fellow, I'm not just a human being. I'm more than that. I think something has gone wrong with your head, right? But you're right. Because the scripture says that. The scripture says that. The angels are always present with us. To minister to us. Read the scripture. How they work for us. What we must do. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. That's Psalm 103. But look at verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels. Those angels that have been sent to do what? To minister to, to us. Who excel in what? In strength. Bless God and your nature. You are way above all when it comes to strength. What do they do? They do His word. They do His word. Hidden the voice. Of the Lord. The voice of His Word. The voice, they heed the voice of His Word. They don't heed the voice of any other word. They heed the voice of His Word. They excel in strength and they heed, they listen and they do the voice of His Word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, that armies of heaven. You ministers of His who do His pleasure. That's what's happening to Baal. When you speak the God, God's word, I mean, I know everybody speaks differently, right? You know, I speak with my own accent, and you don't have accents. That's okay, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. But when you speak His word. He's still his word. He may be coming from my mouth with an accent, and maybe from your mouth without an accent or an accent. 
I think I found out Pastor Andy had an accent when we both went to England. And they were English people were talking to us. And I was listening to them. And I've been listening to them for a while. And, and then all of a sudden, Pastor Andy started saying something. I turned like, who is that? <laughs> because it was so different from what I was hearing. But see, when you speak His Word, it's still God's Word. That's the voice of the Lord, right? And when they hear the, the angels that excel in strength, when they hear the voice of the Lord, they do His Word. Hello? And what the enemy wants to do is to take the word from your heart. So you won't speak the word. And that's what it tells us in, in Matthew chapter 13. Everyone who hears the word and does not understand it, the enemy comes and he steals the word from the heart so that the word will not bear fruit. Because when you hear a word and you're really excited about it, guess what you're going to do? You repeat it. Right? You may want to say, well, a pastor said this today. Guess what you're doing? You're repeating the word. And when you repeat the word, you have angels encamped encamped around you, right? They hear the word and they get excited and they got to fulfill the word. That's what's happening with Bill. Because the angels came in the garden and they strengthened Jesus. Remember that? He said they strengthened him. Son of God, angels strengthening the Son of God. Yes, because he was human. He was in human form. And he was the real man. And so we need strength. And the angels, according to the word, they can give us strength. You can read in Daniel chapter 10. And you can also read in Daniel chapter 9. The same thing. Angels can strengthen us. But we've got to be speaking this word. And, and we want to go with how we feel. Right? Well, I'm just going to say it as it is. Please don't say it as it is the way you see it. That's walking according to the flesh. That's walking according to the flesh. But we got to stay with God's word. You can conceive it. Don't give birth to it by speaking it. You can think about it in your head, but don't speak it out. Because once it comes out of your mouth, you've given birth. Now you got the baby, and you got to take care of that baby. That's true. Don't speak it. Let it die a natural death inside. Let it be aborted. Amen? It's there, but it's aborted because you're not going to give real birth to something like that. But once you speak it out, you give it life. And it's going to stay with you. You know, a minister wrote and said, um, too many uh, sickly Christians today sickly Christians. And too many um, that are involved with tragic accidents and dying. Just like in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says some of you sleep, some of you are sickly, right? Some of you even die. Was it God's will? No. No. And bitter experiences come into Christians. And some of these will say, well, maybe it's the God, but He's destroying your family. He's destroying your life. Sometimes it destroys the home. There is divorce, right? Because of calamities. And yet, we're surrounded with angels. Why? No help. Reason, consecration. When God gives you an assignment, stay with it. Because the volume of angels or the number of angels that will surround you depends on the assignment that you have been given to, that has been given to you, excuse me, and your faithfulness to the assignment. Remember what Jesus said? Come, blessed of my Father. You have been faithful in what? The little things. And so you're given more. 
consecration, commitment, faithfulness. That's our problem. That's our problem. You know, the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 9, you can read that. Also, you can read in Daniel decided, I'm going to fast for three weeks. That's commitment. Nobody told him to. Nobody asked him to. He said, I was reading from the book of Jeremiah, and I found that after 70 years, God says he's going to do, so he went on a fast. He said, I was mourning. And when he began to do that, he gave himself to that. Nobody asked him to. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember them? They decided, including Daniel, we're not eating from the king's table. We can't defile ourselves. Consecration. Consecration. Commitment. And this minister was writing, the reason is our words and our, concentrate, our consecration to God. Your prayer time, study time. All of these things matter. The, your church attendance, all of these things matter. Your consecration, consecration, how committed you are to God. And we have those multi, powerful angels all around us. And yet, people are having tragic accidents and all of that kind of stuff. And people keep asking, why do these things happen to Christians? You will agree with me. Jesus is divine, right? And we are the branches. Let me tell you, I saw Jesus yesterday. He was in an accident. His body was lying on the street. You tell me you lost your mind. Right? Is the head separated from the body? Are they not one? So why is that happening? We're not listening to him. It has nothing to do with God. Those that were not taking the communion and they were dying going to see Jesus early, it wasn't God's will. They just were not careful. Hello? That's the important thing. That time of prayer is so important. When Jesus was in the garden praying and he was sweating blood, the angel showed up. When Daniel prayed because he was being moved by what was happening, the angel showed up. Even for 21 days, the guy wouldn't quit. We get discouraged and we quit. And I'm not going to church anymore. I'm going to stay home and I'm not going to... That's up to you. Whatever you like. There's judgment day coming. See, God values commitment. God, He wants to meet you. He has His time. That's the God we serve. Genesis, God had a time when it was cool in the evening. He wants to see Adam and Eve. He shows up. They knew what the time was. And when they didn't show up, God said, where are you? Where are you? He says, he's looking for you. He's looking for you. And the angels do his word, right? So when you stay in his word, and you are doing his word, and you are speaking his word, you make it easy for the angels to operate over your life. You can't be in the plane and the plane is going down. An angel, they can carry that plane and put it down. The cameraman can be at the airport filming. They won't see the angel, but they're there. Just like you say, God opened your eyes so they can see it was an angel carrying the plane. All things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. So we have to believe God and trust God. That's why I want to talk about this. That angels are over there. They are in your life. When they go into the shadows when we are not showing commitment to God, they're still there, but they can't work. We tie their hands. Amen? With long life, I will satisfy you. With long life, I will satisfy you. I've got to speak those words. Amen? I'm not going to die young. And I'm not, I don't want to die weak. And I can't do it by myself, right? Because I don't have the power. Jesus said, without, he says, I, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he hears the father, or what he sees the father do, that's what he does. And what I hear my father say, that's what I say. You just got a secret. 
say what the word says. And the miracle is there. Amen. Say the word, not how you feel. I got to change my mindset. Amen. Yes, I'm wrong, God. That's repentance. I'm wrong about this, and I'm going to change my mind, and I'm going to stay with the word. Whether it works for me or not, that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. We will burn. If God doesn't help us, we don't care. We'll stay with God's word. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. There are angels all around. I don't have to worry. That's why Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Right? I know tomorrow. And He take care of us. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight and thank Him for the powerful angels that are around you. Please don't accept condemnation because condemnation blocks the way of the Spirit of God. You just, just ask God. God have mercy and you got mercy. That's all it is according to His Word. Ask for mercy, you have mercy. Whatever you ask the Father, He gives to you. Father God, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, I want to thank you for the word that will never return to you void. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, we thank you for the privilege of entering into your word. For the entrance into your word gives us light. And that's the light of life. Thank you, God. Because we can live and not die and give glory to your name. All of our needs are met in the name of Jesus. Because you have said in your word, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lord, we thank you because we only go through the valley of the shadow of death. We're going through, we are comforted, we cannot be afraid because you are with us. You've promised to be with us even to the end of the age. That's what you've said. And we believe that. We believe that. We believe that you are faithful to your word. So we are tenderly taken care of by our God. And we give you praise. We're so grateful to you tonight. In Jesus' name, 